0: friends, and welcome to the World Transformed. Tonight we're talking about solving the water problem. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Monday. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. Doing great. We're going to kick off the week by solving some problems here, or at
1: least one problem. We find a problem in the world, you know, and uh, throw out our ideas as if uh, we're the first person to come up with it, which can't possibly be the case in the particular idea I'm about to throw out. There's has, there has to have been other people who have looked at this problem and probably outlined similar solutions, but, uh, you know, let me just throw out my idea this evening. And
0: you let, had an uh, idea. Maybe yeah.
1: someone else has thought of it, but the question is...
0: If someone has thought of it, why aren't we doing it? Because you sent right. me this, and I thought, hey, you know, this is a pretty good idea, and we're going to talk about this from a couple of different perspectives. But uh, why don't why don't you start out by just telling us what your what your problem that you've identified in the world is, Stephen, and how you
1: intend to solve it? Go. All right. Read a article last week from the Wall Street Journal. The article is entitled "Agency Says Lake Mead Could Drop Below Critical Threshold," and. Um, Lake Mead is, of course, one of the uh, many lakes that the Colorado River feeds. And uh, the Colorado River is really responsible, Bill, for water for about 40 million people. And uh, that's, you know, a whole lot of folks from Southern California. Right. I mean, Lake uh, Mead,
0: you think about the dam is powering Las Vegas and the water is watering Los
1: Angeles, right? I mean, that's that's what right. you think about. It's yeah, it is so much water uh, for so many places. I mean, and, and it's and it's all it's a hundred percent used. Colorado, the Colorado River doesn't even flow to the ocean anymore, right? And it goes out into the desert a little bit and just kind of eventually just trickles to nothing. And uh, that's you know because it is just used that that extensively for, for uh, people of water. It's in just Southern California. Uh, to be specific, has been having water shortages for at least a decade, right. um, and there are there are farms all over, including uh, farms mentioned in this article, Phil, that they simply uh, if, if they if they have to uh, call call an emergency uh, in 2020, saying that it's fall below this critical threshold, then uh, they won't be able to use uh, Colorado River water to water their farms, and that's just the end of farming in those places. Uh, that's that's quite a bit of food. Uh, that uh, will not be produced, and so uh, Lake Mead smart. is at a
0: critical threshold. If it gets to the critical threshold, then all There's the all water, water is earmarked for people to drink, basically, in right. industrial use in those cities. And these farms aren't going to get it anymore.
1: So a bunch of that's farms right.
0: are just they're they're done. Right.
1: And 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 the, and basically, when you have a state of emergency, the Wall Street General, of course, looked at it from a point of view of finance and says, you know, there just money will not flow to those areas as readily as before. Right. Right. And and so, you know, it might be a windfall for places like Texas and uh, and other places in the country that can take the people. Right, but where it, they still it, got water, basically. Where, yeah, exactly, where people can go and, and, and have water. Uh, and so, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a bad thing for a whole lot of people if there's not enough water in the Colorado River. Right. So, you know, I, I got to looking, and I thought, you know, let's look at a map of the United States and see where the water is. Where could we bring more water into the Colorado River? Right. And so I got to looking where the headwaters are of the Colorado River. It's basically north northwest of Denver, uh, up in the mountains a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Is where the it, it is where it begins, and you know it's a relatively small river, and it picks up a lot of water run out running out of the Rockies, and as well as some springs and things like that. So, here and and so where where is the nearest uh, source of other water? Well, I just looking on up into South Dakota, you see the Missouri River. You can cross a whole lot of barren, flat uh, space between the Missouri River and the headwaters of the Colorado River. And I got to thinking, well, you know, what's to keep us from putting in a pipeline, not unlike an oil pipeline? might have to be some different to uh, transport water. Maybe we make it uh, out of aluminum so that you you don't have a rusting problem or something. Yeah, let's make a pipeline, pipeline like an oil pipeline, from the uh, Missouri River to the headwaters. How far is that? Well, it's 550 miles. It's sort of a north to south flow. There is a couple of problems, uh, and uh, let me just go ahead and just say what they are. You, uh, your, your elevation in the headwaters areas it, it can be as high as about nine thousand. The uh, Missouri River, where I'm talking about bringing the water from, is the elevation of, of it is about I think about fifteen hundred feet. Let me mm-hmm. take a look here. Obviously, you'd have to, you'd have to have some pump stations involved uh, as you get into Colorado and get it to to get it up into the mountains, right? And, right. The, pi-
0: uh, the pipeline is going to have to be a very much a pumping operation to get to, to get. I think you would get it to
1: flow all the way out into the plains of Colorado and the northeast of Colorado. Mm-hmm. You could uh, you could get it that far probably with with some limited pumping, but then you got you got to get serious about it to get it up into the mountains. Right. And right. to the headwaters. So, I have objections. I'm sure from environmentalists. Would fish, fish be inadvertently brought uh, that are not native to the Colorado River end up in the Colorado River from the, uh, from the Missouri? You know, I mean, things like that, uh, other species as well. You know, you'd want to consider things like that, right? But ultimately, uh, it comes down to this. What's it worth to us? Uh, and, can, and can we do a big project like this? I, I submit, Phil, this is a smaller project than the Hoover Dam. It's a smaller project than a lot of things that we have done in the past. Well, as yes, you uh, as you
0: point out, out in the email you sent me, you know we've got bigger pipelines than this for oil. Why not one for right, water, right? Right. We we can build pipelines, and oil right. is this nasty, heavy, viscous stuff, relatively yeah. hard to transport. Water, relatively easy. Yeah, and you got to <laughs> say the great the great ancient engineering projects. If you discount things like the pyramids, what were they? It's like the Roman aqueducts, right? This has always been. Yeah kind of the mark of civilization moving the water. Now, here's, here's my, two, my two kind of questions slash objections to your, to, to your problem. Putting the environmental stuff aside for a moment. Uh, right. Because maybe, maybe you put nets on it or mesh or something, and so it's just water, right? You don't get right. a lot of fish or anything going up there. First off, doesn't the Mississippi need that water from the Missouri? Aren't you going to be depriving the Mississippi River of a certain amount of water? And isn't that going to have a cascading effect all the way downstream from from where the Missouri hits the Mississippi? And, in fact, all the way down the Missouri, right, because people rely on the Missouri River as well. So you're talking about taking a lot of water out. You're saying it would be a negligible impact on the on
1: negligible Missouri River? Impact.
0: It's negligible
1: and then, impact. And ultimately, let's face it, Phil, I mean, this water from the Missouri River ultimately just flows out into the Gulf of Mexico it becomes seawater at that point. It's Yes, it is a navigable river, but you're not talking about taking enough water out of it that it would really impact uh, downstream communities uh, from the Missouri, uh, nor, nor its navigability. It's, uh, you know, a, a pipeline uh, could be a, a, an amazing uh, benefit to uh, uh, these 40 million people uh, that depend on the Colorado River. But I, the Missouri River, where I'm talking about Taking this from is it's an impressive-sized river. I just don't think uh, we're talking about enough that uh, it would be even noticeable. All
0: right. Okay.
1: Well, w- w-
0: I'll give you that one. And that, now I'm going to say I think you're going to have to pump a lot more than you're thinking. That's that's oh, my yeah. other that's
1: my other. Yeah. Is. It's, it's a, it, it, the the elevation where I'm talking about is uh, 1,400 feet from the, where the Missouri River is. Yeah. So you know, let's go ahead and just uh, let's just call it 9,000 feet of uh, sea level above sea level. Yeah. Where you're yeah. trying to take the water to, right? You know, you're, you're, you're pumping uphill. Because <laughs> we got all these
0: what? rivers and all these rivers in Colorado that yeah. flow into the Missouri, right? The Platte, the Republican, yeah. and the Solomon and the Saline. They all, you know, why they all, they all flow into the Missouri is because it's downhill, right? It's like there it is. It's just it's easy it's easy to get to that river, following the the, the natural course of the terrain. Uh, otherwise, right. those would flow into the Colorado, right? I mean, it's the, it's the continental divide and that whole thing going on there, right? That's what you're, that's what you're ultimately doing is you're, you're crossing the divide with water from the Missouri River. Well, I think it's an awesome idea, and I don't know why we can't do something like this, and I think that would be a good solution. Now, we, you and I talked about this. This is not a solution to climate change, but this is a potential Band aid on one of the wounds of climate change, right? One of the potentially well, if
1: if the arid uh, problems of Southern California becoming more arid and uh, the West becoming drier, if if that is uh, one of the the symptoms of climate change, then yeah, then what we're attempting to do is alleviate uh, that problem to some extent by bringing more water into those areas. But water would be of some help to those communities, I would think. They're going to need it. They're going to need it for
0: the farms. They're going to need it for people to drink. So. What I like about this is I like the scale of it, I like the scope of it, and I like the fact that, you know what, ultimately, if California is drying out, we've got to do something, right? We're not just going to let California turn into a desert again, are we? And if we're not going to, what are we going to do? Well, here's one idea. Now, I've got a couple more. Let me, let, me, let me throw a couple at you, okay? These are less, practical, right. less practical than yours, but, but one of them actually leverages climate change. But the interim one I'm going to give is, why don't we just take water from the Pacific Ocean and pump it back into California, right? All we got to do is massive desalination, right? And
1: right. We've got, we got to get a
0: whole lot better at that. I mean, yeah. cause
1: it, it's, it's an expensive proposition to do that
0: Yeah. with, with current technology. It's, it's a big challenge technologically, but you wouldn't be depriving any other rivers of their water, right? Right. And you wouldn't be having to push water water uphill and possibly changing ecosystems yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so and, and, th- I mean, pi- and I am in mean, the and having to pipe it five hundred and fifty miles. And
1: right. and get it an uphill. It's it, a yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah. You
0: know. If fresh water if it's gotta be fresh water, if we can't desalinate, I've got a great idea for how we can get fresh water from the ocean. Let's just start rounding up all these huge pieces of Greenland and Antarctica that are splintering off, right? Aren't there aren't there these massive icebergs? out in the ocean now that it just keep cracking off. I, you, you keep seeing these videos, right? And Antarctica has just dropped off another big piece. Greenland's just dropped off another big piece. Let's figure out a way to round them up, bring them to California, right? Let's make a <laughs> reservoir out of them, right? That is fresh water. Every one of those yeah. icebergs is fresh water. So that's, that's my, that's my less, least practical, but you leverage climate change in the process, right? It's like, okay, well, if climate change is going to be splintering the, uh, the ice shelves, let's just take some of that ice. And let's use the water,
1: right? What do you think? It's highly impractical, but uh, <laughs> I, I like your first. I like your first idea uh, quite a bit, and thought about it as well when I was thinking of the challenges of piping in water from the Missouri River. But I think what would what would help immensely, obviously, with so many problems that we have, is if we could ever solve the problem of fusion power, right? If we, right. If we could get if we had fusion reactors, basically giving us all the electricity we can. We can ever ever hope to have, right? And then, you know, it, it doesn't matter how inefficient our desalinization is. If we've got that much energy, we just build all the desalinization plants we like, and we can, and we can turn all of California into a garden state. And we've got, like you say, lots of water in the Pacific Ocean.
0: Lots uh, of water sitting out there in the Pacific Ocean. Failing yeah. fission... You know, fusion, yeah. excuse me, one thing that might work is, uh, there ought to be some practical way to use solar, right? The sun's just hitting the Pacific Ocean all the time, right? There ought to be some natural. But, if you want naturally desalinated water, okay, once again, the
1: icebergs. I'm just telling you. I'm just yeah. pointing that out. That there. and my my everywhere. wife uh, drove from um, Burbank to Las Vegas the other, other week, and as right, as, right as you're leaving California, you basically, you're just south of Death Valley there. I mean, you're out in the mm-hmm. middle of just Deep dark des- desert. With, I mean, where I mean, when I say deep dark, obviously it's the opposite. <laughs> yes, bright.
0: Very bright, bright desert, desert to the
1: horizon. Right. It looks looks like an ocean because you can see to the horizon, right? Yep. Um, and as right uh, as you're about to leave the state of California, there is there is a huge solar uh, farm out there, and she she was impressed. She said, "Man, huh? this, they're building a lot of solar out here." And uh, I said, "Well, they got the sunshine, don't they?" Absolutely, so, absolutely. So, yeah, well, I'm just saying
0: move one out to sea and start grabbing that water. Those, those are yeah. other ideas. The, the point is the idea you suggested, and even my crazy ones, these are the kinds of things yeah. that need to be on the table. We, we need to stop thinking that we can solve today's problems with yesterday's kinds of solutions. We need to think a little bit bigger around some of these things. And if we're not going to ward off climate change, and the world really is going to get hotter, then there are other Solutions that we need to start thinking about putting in place for other problems that are going to arise. Like, for example, big engineering projects might be things like seawalls, right, that need to be put up along the in Florida and and places like that. We need to start thinking about how do we how do we make how do we make parts of our country and other countries need to be thinking about this too that are going to become more like the Netherlands or more like Venice. You know, how how do we make those livable? Keep them livable. Well, those are going to be big problems that have to be solved. And the other one that occurred to me that we might have to think about is we might just look for a strategy of whole populations moving north, right? That this might yeah. be the thing that happens. We've had this long trend of the population in the U.S. kind of kind of tending towards the south, trending towards the south. But if it really got that hot, then you might see the opposite happen, right? It might start moving back up north because it's, it's going to be a little bit cooler there. But th- those are, I don't know, those are my ideas. What do you think, Stephen? you think we're going to ever get to the point where we have to
1: think about things like that? The thing is, we, it's one thing you can always count on is change, right? I mean, it, things and never do stay the same, and that includes the climate. And uh, whether or not uh, we're, we're having a huge impact on it, uh, humanity uh, or not, uh, the climate does change. And so, when the climate changes, you gotta you gotta make uh, adjustments. And so, yeah, uh, I, it, the only question in my mind is the timetable. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh,
1: when's it gonna happen,
0: and what are we gonna do? So, right. I, I, all the conversation always seems to be around carbon emissions, and that's a, you an know, important discussion, and we talk about that all the time. But I think, realistically, we have to talk about some of this other stuff, too. You know, if it's coming, what are we going to do about it? And yeah. if it's not coming, then what are we going to do? But I think that those are, the, those are the kinds of solutions that, ultimately, we're going to have to increasingly be thinking about. And I think you've got us off to a good start with your pipeline, Stephen. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of The World Transform. We are going to be back on Wednesday with a brand new show. Stephen, great talking with you. Great having you all with us. And until next time, live to see it.